When I was a little boy, I was deeply moved by this last verse in Matthew. I'm still deeply moved by it, but for somewhat different reasons. I remember first reading this verse on a picture frame in a religious goods store, which my mother made me accompany her to. I was deeply impressed with, even poetically moved by, its end-of-the-world language. And lo, I am with you every day unto the end of the world, the picture frame said, and showed a picture of Christ in the sky. I was quite an apocalyptic little boy. My mind was always invigorated by grand finales. I thought if there was ever a world that needed ending, this one here took the cake. I have since rejected my early life tendency to moralize in that way. But there was something in this verse I even then could realize that smacked of the same something that I always felt during the last explosive act of the firework display I yearly witnessed on Lake Maxincucky in Indiana, sitting on a boat in a huge lake full of boats at night with these huge fireworks exploding before us like exploding stars with a deep mumbling, culminating voice that seemed to speak through an ascending storm of thunder and lightning. I was a boy drawn to fanciful conclusions. Eventually, I was lucky enough to learn to read scripture in some of the original languages, so I figured out what the words mean. The Greek, sunteleas to ionos, or the Latin, consumationem sacri does not mean, in fact, the end of the world or the end of the age. Suntelia means something more like fulfillment or culmination. The Latin consummationem conveys it well. I am with you always, Christ says, even through the world's consummation, its fulfillment and perfection. This is not so much an end, then, as it is a beginning. Even though it is the end of Matthew's Gospel, this is a world that has finally learned to be itself, and that is perfectly itself. The new heaven and new earth is a lot like the old heaven and old earth, but it is a world, in a sense, transfigured, complete, perfected. This is not the end of the story. This is maturation. This is when things really start to get going because everyone's finally fully themselves. Christ brings his apostles to stand up there on the mountain, there to remind them of the new commandments he had given them on yet another mountain. Some of these apostles still, we are told, cling to doubt. Yet this is neither here nor there. The point is, there is only one movement now, and that is up. Everything is in ascendancy. Everything is moving toward its end, which is to say, its fruition. So your faith is not perfect. You are broken, angered, or afraid. That is neither here nor there. Ascend, rise. But wait, stop, you say. It looks like we are already losing. It looks like all the bad things that can happen in a world are coming true or will come true. 
But that, Christ says, indeed he says it again, that is neither here nor there. Ascend, he says, and rise. We are not living in the age of the Holy Spirit, this age of the church. We are living in the age of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. We are living in the triune age. And this Christian life, our mortal life, is one long ascent upward, one high mountain climb, where we must end, in the sense that we must begin, up there at the very top, in deepest speech and friendship with the three one God. Ascend, he says, and rise, for your destiny is divinity. Ascend, he says, and rise, for your end is the beginning of life with me. Today, as with all days in these days of the church, we celebrate ascendancy. Christ climbs into the sky and says to you all, come, follow me. It is an awful, it is a treacherous climb. It is not easy to scale so great a height, but up you must go into the sky. Sons of Christianity, daughters of the church, we are supposed to proclaim to you today your destiny. It is a predestiny in the sense that it is what you were made for, each of you. It must come about or be forever unfulfilled. Ascend then and rise. This is the age of the Trinity. It is an ascendant, a beginning age. Christ commands us to go forth and baptize because he commands us to gift to the world the holy speech, the holy speech of the Trinity. That is what baptism is. It confers upon you the divine speech given to enable you to converse with the holy God. It is a deep, it is a strengthening grace. There at the end of Matthew's gospel is the promised beginning. It is theosis, it is divinization, deformity, and godliness. We are called to bring the world to its divine fulfillment. That is what I think I knew so long ago as a little boy below the exploding stars. I felt in their majesty the evidence of my own divinity, the utterance of my own destiny. Be immortal, they seemed to say. Come, climb up to God. And this, I believe, is the first and the final teaching of Christianity, its deepest and most resounding truth. We are called to become deformed, godlike, in order to converse with the Holy One. We are called to communion with the Holy One, the three and one God. That is our destiny. It is the destiny of the world, its perfection and fulfillment. This is the promise of the ascension, the promise of Christ. So take heart, my brothers, and climb.